It says here, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise is calmly for the upright. Praise the Lord with heart. Sing unto him with psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. God's power by the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together, as in a heap. He layeth up the depth and storehouse. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioned their hearts alike, he considered all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host, a mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety, neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Trust, in, I'm sorry, our soul waited for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our hearts shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. Where does hope come from? What is your definition of hope? Uh, we talked about before in the English dictionary that have hope as a definition of a whip, as, as a wish, as a whim, as, as something wishy-washy or something that you would like to happen. But here in the Bible, when they use the word hope, hope is a confident anticipation and expectation of God to deliver what he said he's going to do. See, when we have hope in God, it opens us up to realize that our hope is not misplaced. When we have hope in God, we can rest assured knowing that everything's going to be all right. Look at verse 26. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. See, see, we are asking God to show us his love and mercy. Why? Because we don't deserve it. But because of God's great unfailing love, it talks about, we know that I can ask God for grace and mercy, knowing that he will deliver it to me because I am trusting him. But maybe there's somebody here who does not know the creator. Maybe there's somebody here who does not know Jesus. And, and so therefore you have an issue going on in your life that you don't know why you're living. The Bible talks about a Thessalonians. I'm not going to go there, but read it for yourself as, as good River Prosper tell you that the Bible says this, that I, I do not have, we don't have hope like those who do not have hope because they don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But yet our hope is in Christ, that we know that he did die and that he rose again. So we know we have hope in the resurrection. You may have been to some of those funerals where they just don't know where so-and-so is going to go. 
They would like to hope that they're going to be in heaven. But we don't know where they're going to be because we don't know if they ever confess. But when you boldly make a confession of Christ and you boldly live the life, people know and they celebrate with a hope, with a great expectation, knowing that person's in a better place. So let's look at this psalm here. It brings out that we should rejoice in the Lord. Why? For it is calmly, it is, it is acceptable, it is something that should be done. Rejoice in the Lord, all ye righteous. Those who know the Lord, you should rejoice in the Lord. It, it should not, somebody should not have to beg you. Shouldn't have to prize you. Shouldn't have to play your favorite song for you to worship God. It should not be based on how you, well you feel that day, how, how, how hard you're going to clap your hands. It shouldn't be how, how, how sore your feet are if you're going to stand up for how long. But it should be saying, because of what he has done for me, when I couldn't do it on my own, he gave me power, he gave me strength, and because of that, I will stand till I can't stand anymore. See, see, the word here in the verse of, of rejoice is the Hebrew word ranam, which, which means to, to shout for joy, to sing aloud with joy, to sing to him a praise that is suitable, saying, Lord, I thank you for my salvation. Or you might have been sick and he healed you. Say, I thank you, Lord, for being my healer. You might have been broke, but God paid your bills anyway. You say, I thank you, Lord, for being my provider. You see, God can be everything in our lives if we allow. Allow him to be everything in our lives. So basically, the least you can do is show God your appreciation. There's a song that became very famous by Aretha Franklin called Just a Little Bit of Respect, right? R-E-S-B-C-T, all right? But yet, do you know the writer of the song was a man? Otis Redding? And he wrote this on behalf for his wife to let him know I need some respect. I wish I had some help right here. You see, 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 oftentimes we get caught up with saying I need to be respect, but we forget who, we, who really does deserve respect, our awesome God. We get concerned about ourselves, so that was a great woman and all the women say, I need respect, yeah. But oftentimes we respect ourselves, but we forget who we should give respect to. God is worthy of our fear. Our reverence. We shall give glory to. And, and, and here when it says that rejoice in the Lord, all you righteous. The word Lord in translated Hebrew is Yahweh. God has a proper name. And, and the Hebrew's proper name to him is Yahweh. And they will say Yahweh is God, or other translators say Jehovah is God. They're saying that he is supreme. So, so basically it's saying this, that you, if you're married, you have a husband. Your husband has a proper name. You, he has a name, but to you, he's your husband. Or, or to your husband, you have, your wife has a name, but to you, she's your wife. Or like my mother and my father, they have a government name, but I don't call them by their government name. I call them by my relationship to them, mother and father. And when they call on Jehovah, they say he's not only Jehovah, but he he is God, that he is, he is Lord of my life. He is supreme. And so they're saying this, that when I come into his presence, I realize that he's so much more than just an entity, but he is everything Amen. that I need. Because when you break down what Yahweh is, it means I am. When he told Moses that Moses asked him, Lord, uh, do you have a name? Uh, who am I going to tell that sent me? And, and he tells him, say that I am. Since you and I am is where we get the Yahweh from. All existing, self 
existence, sovereign, all God, all by himself. So the basic thing we can do for such an awesome God is praise him and say, thank you, God, for this day. Thank you, God, for the shoes I have on. Thank you, God, for my car. Thank you, God, that I was able to fill up this gas tank. Thank you, God, that I was able to put food on my table. You see, we take a lot of things for granted. I know myself, I, I, I always pray when I put my credit card in to pay for my gas, hoping it gets approved. Because you just don't know. You just don't know. Might not have enough to put all that gas in your tank. That I might end up calling somebody and say, I need a ride. But when the Lord blesses, I should say, thank you, Lord. Not because I got a job or because I had so much. No, because the Lord gave me these resources. He gave them, guess what? He can surely take them away. So I know I'm not worthy, so I'm going to say, thank you, Lord, just because God for who you are. Do you have a personal relationship with your father? Do you personally thank him for what he has done in your life? Because if you do, then there's some instructions. It says, first, you said rejoice. You said, you said, shout out, said rejoice in the Lord, all oh, you righteous, for praise is calmly for the upright. Basically, if you're upright, if you're righteous, if you're living the life that God's caused you to live, you should praise him. Yeah. Then it goes on to this, talking about making music and verses of praise the Lord with a harp. Sing unto him with a psaltery and an instrument of, of ten things. And, and here is coming in about the word is to make music. And to use the word here to, is yada in the standpoint of lifting up your hands. Of lifting up your hands. Means this, that I will open up my body to the Lord. I will stretch out to God saying, thank your Father. I will lift up my hands, realizing that, God, I want to exalt you. I want to lift you up. And not only, and, and it says, it's lifting, lifting up your hands, not empty, but said with the instrument, a musical instrument. But not just with the musical instrument, but play the musical instrument. But it's not an instrumental. It's just for you to sing. Yeah. You say, what are you talking? I'm talking about this. How many times have you gone to the church? They're playing a hymn, and you just go look it up the hymn and look at the words you won't sing. Saying, I can't sing, or I don't know the song. Well, read the words. Sing a, sing a joyful song unto the Lord. He desires to hear you, not for you to hear them. I, I, I caught a few people. God wants to hear you, not for you just to come and hear them. It's for you to worship him. My mom, my dad know I can't sing, but they know they can't stop me. Because I know I'm not singing for anybody's enjoyment. I'm not up here to sing a solo. No, I'm trying to lead you. I'm singing because he's done great things for me. And, and sometimes I don't know the song and the, and the proper tune, but I know the words. And I'll just say the words the best way I know how. But I'm glad in my heart it makes beautiful music to God. See, I'm glad that it's not based on how well I sing, but it's, it's, it's based on how much I want to praise him. And I want to praise him as much as I can. It's not based on what I can do, but based on what he has done for me. And since he's done so much for me, I can sing that much louder. So I want to give him all that I have. And third, it says to sing a new song to him. A song that, that, that's not as fresh. Not necessarily that it's brand spanking new, but it's fresh. Something that's not stale. When you sing Amazing Grace, it should be fresh every time you sing it. When you sing at the cross, at the cross, it should be fresh every time you sing it. It shouldn't be, okay, let us sing this song again. At the cross, at the cross, I first saw the light. You should be thinking, when I first saw the light. 
It, it might have been late at night at my bed. I was on my knees and it hit me. It might have been on a street corner. It might have been in my sick bed. It, it might have been my mama just drove me to church so much. I found the light. But I can rejoice now. Think about how he has brought me from a mighty long way. It's fresh. Can you sing a new song to the Lord today? Can you think about how he's brought you in an awesome and a magnificent way? Can you, can you join in with the instruments and sing a song or maybe clap your hands and lift your hands? I, I want us to understand that when we worship God, we're not doing it because other people are doing it, but you're doing it personally. Personally. Because he's done so much in your life. You realize that you can't praise him like I can praise him. Because why? You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know how he's delivered me. You don't know how much pain I've been in. You don't know when I was going through the treatments, nobody else was there, but my father was there. He was there day and night. Uh, uh, they closed the visiting hours. Other people had to go. Uh, people had to leave. The, the doctor was not on call, but my Jesus, uh, he was always on call, uh, right there by my bedside, uh, always there, lifting me up before the father. I'm glad that God will never sit down on me. So how dare I sit down on him? I'm glad that Jesus was on the cross saying, my father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'm glad when I'm ignorant, I'm out of my mind that I got a God that will still forgive me. So why praise him? Praise him because he's reliable. Praise him because he's truthful. It says here in verse 4, For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. I'm glad that God is not a liar. I'm glad that God is consistent. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm glad that God is true. See, when I stick with God, I'm going to be all right. Man and women will come against me, but with my Father for me, who can't be against me? Though my mother and my father may leave me, my God. I will never forsake me. He made me. He formed me. He made me his own. And so I will call into his house to praise him. Not because what somebody did for me, but what he has done for me. We have a song that he has done great things. Has he done great things in your life? Jesus paid the price. I'm glad I don't got to die on the cross. I'm glad that he rose again. I'm glad that he's living right now. And guess where he's living? He's living in me. Is he living in you? Is he living in you? Jesus can still live and move in your life. Are you, are you seeing it? It says right there in the Word. I'm not making this up. It says right here in the Word that he's truthful. That he, and guess what? He loves righteousness. Look at verse 5. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. See, the world is ignorant of God. They say it was the Big Bang Theory that made the earth. But I'm going to tell them the Big Bang was God. In the beginning was God. He created the earth. It's full of His love and His righteousness. It's full of His judgment. We serve a just God. Has there been times when you were, you were pleading for justice? You are pleading for somebody to understand you, but yet there's still one God who still understands you. First John, first chapter, ninth verse says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all 
unrighteous. I'm glad that he's true to his word. He's faithful and just, that he's full of compassion. He's willing to rightly judge us. And he judged us because of not what we have done, but what he had had his son do for us. Observe the power of God. It talks about how he created the starry host. We can praise God not because what he's just done for our lives, but look at the creation. We marvel at myself. I marvel whenever I see a, cor- a Corvette. And anybody that drives with me and I see a car, I go, woo-wee, I get excited. I just love Corvettes. But how oftentimes you may have maybe a painting. Or it may be your house that you just finally decorated. And, or you just purchased a house and you're like, woo-wee, that's such a beautiful, magnificent thing. But yet all we got to do sometimes is go outside. And look up into the sky and just say, oh, my God, how awesome you are. It says that he calls out the stars by name. Can you see God is going through a hey, Ray Ray? Bonquisha. That's little Mary. That's Jumbug. Calling them out by name. He knows the stars. He knows them. And guess what? If he knows the stars, oh, my goodness, he knows you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what's going to face you tomorrow. He knows where he's brought you from. If he could call out the stars, he sent his son to die for you. What else is he going to hold back? Is that some reason to praise him? See, his wisdom lasts forever. His counsel is awesome. Look, look here. Blessed is the nation of God is the Lord and the people who have chosen for his own inheritance. We are blessed because God chose us. I want you to catch. We are blessed because God has chosen us. We're not blessed because I chose God. He already chose you. That's why we're blessed. We receive additional blessings when we understand that God, you are my Lord. And, and how do we know this? Look, look how powerful his word is. I like this. We're going to backtrack. Look at verses. And, and all, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake. And it was what? He commanded and it what? Do you understand that? Only God can speak. And it's going to happen. And when he speaks and it happens, it doesn't change. I don't think y'all caught that. He speaks and it happens. And it doesn't change. It said it stood fast. It said that it stands. I just want to ask you a little scientific question. Um, is the sun still shining? God said, let there be light. And there still is light. You see, God spoke this at the beginning of time and it stood. I'm glad that God only got to speak one time. You know, we get on cell phones. Can you hear me now? We lose signal. But yet God's word is so powerful. It's so powerful. It only needs to be spoken once. And when it's been spoken once, it's eternal. That it will stand forever. Men will try with their own pens and chisels trying to do what they can, but God's word will forever stand. Men are trying to try to change the Bible and corrupt the Bible, make up their own Bibles, but God's word is still standing. 
People try to prove that David did not exist, but they find his names on, on, on tablets saying, I guess he did exist. Uh, people try to say, well, that's not really the tabernacle, but the measurements match up with measurements. They, they found fish on mountaintops. Y'all know that the earth was flooded. You understand here? They try to prove things are wrong, but all they do is prove God right. Because he's truthful. Is that another reason to praise God? Do you trust the one and only God? Do you come to him and just trust him? Because when you do so, it says, blessed are thee that trust him. And why are we blessed? Because God watches us. It says that he watches over the whole earth. And, and I think about this. I think about ants. How many times, and maybe as a child, maybe not as a child like me, but I did. I got played in the dirt and I watched ants all the time. And, and you would see a line of ants going back and forth to an anthill. But yet you could never focus on one ant because it's too many to watch. But when God's looking at the earth, it's not like an anthill to him. It's like he's just like right up in your face. Watching you what you're doing. Even when you turn off the light, God is light. He still sees what you're doing. Even when you think you've been left alone, God is still right there saying, I got your back. Just turn back. I'm still here. I never left you. You see, God is forever watching his people. He never sleeps, nor does he slumber. God is always aware of what's going on. Because why? He loves you that much. I thought when I went off to college, I was able to live a life I wanted to live. But yet what brought me back to my rooms was God was still with me. I thought I left my mother and father. I could be crazy. But the Holy Spirit kept on letting me know. Say, you're not hiding from anybody. God still sees you. You may not have to answer to your mother and your father. Hello, but one day, you're going to have to answer to your father. And then you really will be ashamed. You see, see, then I realized that I, I got to praise him no matter what I do, no matter where I go. Because why? He's forever with me. He never leaves me, nor forsake me. I know at times I want to leave him and forsake him because he's not trying to do the things I'm trying to do. But I'm glad he's not trying to do the things that I'm trying to do. Because the things my body wants to do, wants to destroy and kill me and remove me from the blessing that God has for me. I think y'all need an example. Y'all remember the children of Israel. If y'all don't know, I'm going to tell you a little something about them. They were in captivity for some hundred years, 400 years, and they was there beaten down. And God heard their cry, and he sent Moses to go and let them go, but yet they didn't want to go. Moses, it's good here. You made Pharaoh beat us down. Now we got to make uh, bricks with no straw. But you know what? They did it. And then, finally, Moses, after ten plagues, the, the, Pharaoh let him go, and the people got out of the wilderness. Then they got upset. You brought us out here to die? It's better for us to go back into slavery, into bondage. But yet, there's a promise. God said, I'm going to take you into the promised land. See how often we get caught up with what we want, and where we want it, and not wait for the promise. And you know those people that came out? Didn't go in. Uh, somebody cast that. Somebody cast that. Those people that came out did not all go in. But those who were faithful from the beginning to the end got to step in their promise. 
God has spoken into our lives. He's already provided a provision for us. But it's up to us to step in obedience in his word. Jesus says broad is the path and broad is the gate that leads to destruction. What does that mean? That means there's always a path already made up. Y'all catch that? There's already a path and an ending made up. Hebrews talks about how Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Paul continues tells us to run and press on towards the mark. So obviously there's a, a track that we need to be on and there's a goal to go to, but are we on the right track? But when we're on the right track, even when hurdles come our way, trials come our way, obstacles get in our path, we say, Lord, I know there's a way to make it through because you did not bring me here. To leave me. And so we had those, those spies, it was Joshua and Caleb. They believed that God could deliver them over these great obstacles that were before them. And they got to step into the promised land. But all their contemporaries passed away. They did not to experience the promise that God had for them. I want you to catch this. Sometimes God is blessing you so much. You get caught up with what he's given you so far. You're blinded by what he really wants to give you. You see, you, you got a good life right now. That's probably, probably, you're probably satisfied right now. But it can get sweeter. It can get sweeter. Why? Because our God is consistent. Think about it, if you're married, don't you, don't you want your next day of marriage to be even better than the day before? You don't want the honeymoon to end? You know, you always want everything to get better and better. Do you understand we serve a perfect God who desires us to be more like him? So guess what? Daily, he's working on us, building us up to make us better and better. And that's why we can look at, as we close, I look at verse 20 to 22. It says, this, our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. See, the hope giver, the source of our hope is God. And it's because of his unfailing love. Because he loves us so much, I can hope in him. Because I trust him that he is my shield. My shield from, from any harm or danger, toils or snares, I come my way. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. How do I know no weapon formed against me and prosper? Well, as it says in Isaiah, it says God made them. <laughs> so if he made them, guess what? He can destroy them before they even come towards you. One of my favorite movies, The Matrix. Y'all probably seen The Matrix. You know, they shoot all these bullets at Neo. He just puts his hands up and they stop. And I like how he picks up at him, just looks at it like, you trying to beat me down with this? I can see God is saying, people going to come at you with all kind of bullets and fiery darts, but yet with your shield of faith. But not even that, you can say, Lord, you are my shield. They'll come and get you. God can just grab and say, you trying to get my son with this? You trying to get my daughter with this? Oh, silly you. Then you can be saying confidence with God for us. Who can be against us? He's our shield. And then you see that I have trust in his holy name. I'm glad that God's name is holy. As they sang in the song, the name above all names, Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue shall confess. And, and I'm, I'm going to share this now. You can confess now, you will confess later. But guess what? You want to confess now. 
that Jesus Christ is Lord. I want you to understand here that the hope giver, it gives us hope through Jesus. Why? While we were yet still sinners. Remember last week we talked about it. While we were still sinners, we were still enemies. He still died for us. I'll say in the new members class that if I had an enemy, somebody that murdered my mother and my father and had to choose who's going to die between me and my enemy, I'd be like, you can go first. I got to pray for my heart because I'll be mad at him. I'm like, well, I'm going to die for you when you took away what's precious from me. But yet God says, even when you were my enemy, even when you might have harmed my loved ones, I still loved you. Even when you decided not to give to who I love, I'm still giving to you. And then when I think about it, God, how unworthy I truly am. Because how dare I be so high and mighty, say I'm better than so-and-so, God, when, when I was yet yeah, your enemy. If I was your enemy last night, God. I was your enemy last week, God. I, I wasn't fully pleasing you. I, I'm, 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 y'all, y'all, oh, maybe just me. You know, God, sometimes I'm struggling that I'm not always praising God and honoring him with my mind, with my tongue, with my body. And then it comes back to me and says, Lord, I'm a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. And I'm glad, God, that you are, you are merciful. And I can call on your mercy. I can say this, Lord. I can say this. I can pray this. And let thy mercy, oh Lord, be upon me. I get personal with it. According as I hope in you. You see here, you can pray this psalm in your life. Take the us and the we's and make it I and me. Say, Lord, I pray your mercy on me. Why? Because I need it. I'm not worthy of the life that I have. I have it. I may pat myself on the back sometimes because I'm glad of what I do have. But when I think about how I got it, I realize, Lord, it's because of you. Because if the bank comes after me to get this stuff, you'll, you'll be my only defender. If a fire comes against my house, God, you'll be my only defender. So we see here that even through times of, of famine and and times, look at verse 19, deliver thy soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. See, it points out that you will go through different perils in life, but yet God will keep you. That's why we have hope. That even though death is coming, I won't be lost. Because I have been caught up in Jesus. Aren't you glad that Jesus died for you? That while you were still lost in sin, he didn't wait for you to get right. He didn't wait for you to get it all together. He didn't wait for you to read from Genesis to Revelations. He already died for you. The price has already been paid. So your hope is not based on how well the choir will sing, how well the preacher will preach. How well you or your teacher teaches you, but it's based on how Christ died for you. And since he has died for us now, it's a calling on us to live for him. To praise him daily. Daily. To come on that sacred day of worship and say, Lord, I will sing to you, God. My voice may not sound the best, but Lord, I'm not singing for them to applaud me, Lord. I'm singing to applaud your name. Lord, I, I'm coming to stand up, God. I know I was tired and weak, but I can stand up all day on my job. I can stand up for you, Father. Lord, I can bend my knees and pray. For I, can, I can kneel and bow down to, to get under my car, but I can't kneel down to exalt your name. 
Yeah, y'all, y'all with me. I've been in your good clothes. Had to get in your car on the side of the road. And you didn't mind because you know you want to get down. But yet before God, oh, I, I'm too clean. But no, Father, I can get down. Because why? If Jesus can be whipped all night long. And then they hang him high and stretch him wide. And he can still pray for us. He still willingly die for us. How can I say, Lord, I can't give all that I have back to you? Because I would not have it if it wasn't for you. So do you know the hope giver? Do you know God the Father? God the Son? God the Holy Spirit? Do you know him to be your shield? To be your everything? To be your provider? To be awesome creator? To be your salvation? Do you know him? Because when you know him, then you know hope. And when you know hope, you know peace. And you know life. And you know life more abundantly.